follow along because the scripture, it, it's not so much about the scripture as much as the principle. And so most of these scriptures are scriptures that we know already, we're, we're pretty familiar with, especially in, in the church circle. But I am going to tell you the references, and if you want to go back and you want to look at them and and just kind of go over this later. Please feel free to write these down and, and just kind of look them up. But I'm going to read them, and some of them I'll paraphrase. Some of them are in, uh, I actually went back to the King James translation on some of them because I love the way it, it says it. And, and uh, so just really lean in tonight and write this stuff down. And, you know, if God speaks to you tonight, write it down, but really what I want you to do is I want you to lean in, because I started feeling a burden um, in my spirit that, that just like, I don't know how to describe it, almost like a, a burden of, of uh, that there's discouragement. I, I started feeling that, and I started feeling that the people needed to be encouraged, and I started praying, and I started seeking God. Like, I, w I had planned to finish my teaching on prayer, you know, with it being first Wednesday and prayer Wednesday, I'm like, I'm going to teach on, on prayer again and, and kind of go, I didn't get to finish everything that I wanted to. So I wanted to kind of do like a part two and, and God just told me, no, like he just straight up said, you can do it later. I got something for you. And you know, it wasn't until kind of the beginning of the week that he started just outlining. And it was funny because it was, it was Monday when I really just started sitting down and actually writing stuff down. I, I had been worshiping and praying and coming up with ideas and outlining and, and stuff like that. Monday, I started ironing this stuff out. And we had our uh, department head leaders meeting that night. And when we came in, Pastor Josh kind of felt the, this this spirit going on. He just kind of felt like something was was happening, and we prayed, and he encouraged us with with some awesome teaching. He 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 spoke about some some stuff with uh, Perry Noble and and some of the th stuff he went through, and he talked about rest, and he you know, and it, it's funny because I was coming right off of a vacation, and I can honestly tell you it was the first vacation that I felt like I was like, I need this vacation, right? I need it. And so I knew that if I felt like that, I probably needed it more than I realized. And so I got away and I rested. And man, I was just able to unplug and, and be with my family and, and be with God and, and stuff like that. And it was such a, such a powerful time. And some of the things that I pondered, I'm, I might get to unpack tonight, but but one of the things is I was like, what is really next for our church? What do you want? What is the next thing that you would like me to, to kind of speak to the people? And, and he started to put this idea in my head. We're going to start Mark 5, verse 25. And it says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd. She touched his garment for she said to herself, I want you to, I want you to just remember that. Hone, hone in on those words right there. She said to herself, if only I may touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately, the blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Turn to Matthew 9. We're going to read the same story, a different account in the Gospels. It says, 
And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, can y'all say that to me tonight? She said to herself, come on church, she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I will be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was well from that hour forward. Everyone say, she said to herself. Tonight, I want to talk to you about this idea of things we need to say to ourselves, things we need to tell ourselves more often. Does anybody here talk to themselves? Yeah, okay, good, good. Woo! That went way better. I was like, I'm going to be the only one. You know, I, I, I started writing this down. I started thinking about Judah. You know, he's so funny, man. He'll, he'll talk to himself. He'll sing to himself. And he's been singing these little worship songs that he's learned in, in uh, school. And it's, man, it's so cute. I got little videos of him singing, and it, it's great. And so I'll look at him. I'll be like, hey, will you sing that again to me? And he's so funny, man. He gets the drums, and he starts humming the music and stuff before he ever gets into it. And and he, he just blasts into these songs, and, and, uh, I, but I'll, I'll hear him kind of talking to himself and using his imagination, and it's funny because I remember when I was just like that. I remember Judah is so much like me, guys, that it's crazy, and I will see him do something, and I'll actually start to have flashbacks of me doing something pretty similar or doing that exact same thing. And, and, and so I've always kind of talked to myself, and when I was younger, it was out of my imagination, and as I've gotten older, it's been more so I could straighten out my thoughts, right? Because I have like a web of thoughts, and for some reason, it helps if I could just kind of talk through things and say things. I find myself talking to myself, and, and, and what I was thinking is maybe we should talk to ourselves more, or, or maybe if you do talk to yourself, maybe you should look at what you're saying to yourself, or maybe even get deeper, what is the script that you're reading from? What, who, who is writing the script that you're reading from? When you're, when you're speaking to yourself, what are you speaking over yourself? I'm a movie guy. You, know, you guys know that. I've probably said that in every sermon that I've preached. I am a movie guy. I love movies. How many of y'all have a favorite actor or actress that's done a movie and you just look, why, hit that, why did they make that movie? Have you ever done that? Hey, nobody? Come on, I know there's some Nicolas Cage fans in here. If you're a Nicolas Cage fan, man, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, this is the same dude that made Con Air, he made National Treasure, he, he made all these good movies, and then, and, and then you just kind of started saying, like, woo! You know, Nicolas Cage was involved in the uh, Left Behind remake a, a few years ago. And I remember looking at my wife, and I'm like, I would rather watch the Kurt Cameron version. That's saying something. The 90s low-budget Kurt Cameron Left Behind, I would rather watch that than the Nicolas Cage version. His movies have just kind of, it, man, it's just kind of gone downhill. Can we just agree? He's made some terrible movies. Like, I started thinking, how can you read this script and be like, this right here, this is going to be good. This is going to be blockbuster. Like, put this movie up against Endgame. 
while there's like executives and, and stuff like that being like, nah, man, we're going to put this on DVD. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to put this straight to video. And, and, and I was thinking if we could preview the script that we read to ourselves, would we still accept it? Would we still buy into it the same way we buy into it when we haven't previewed when we haven't previewed it? Um, this woman was a perfect example of someone that was hurting. Now, a lot of you know this, but because she was bleeding and because of the culture that she was in, she was considered unclean. She was considered an outcast. Anybody that she came in contact with would be considered unclean, which means that when she touched Jesus, he would be considered unclean. She just wanted, she didn't care about all of that. She didn't care that she was going to make him unclean. She just said to herself that if I touch him, he's got the power to heal whatever this is. And I, I see a woman that was at the, at the end of a rope, and she's just saying, man, listen, I believe, and I think that so many times where we're at as Christians or, or, or just humans, right? So many times we get to the end of the rope, and, and it kind of breaks my heart because it seems like that's when we run to God. And, and, and I was praying, and I was thinking, I'm like, what is the difference? What's the main difference in the church today and the church in the New Testament? And God spoke clearly to me, and he said, the New Testament church knew who I was, and they knew who they were. They didn't struggle with the identity like we do now. They, didn't, they, they knew what God's called them to do. They knew who they were in Christ, and they just went after that full bore. If we read Acts, we see, we see a church that just knows what Jesus has done for them, know what the Holy Spirit has done for them, know what they've been empowered to do, and they're doing it. And, and, and so I started thinking about this. Um, I, need to, I need to preach on the importance of not buying into the script that the devil writes. Right? Sometimes we need to talk to ourselves. And one of the things that we need to say, this is so easy. We've said it. We've heard it in church. We even hear it in movies. Like I started thinking about the new Ghostbusters. And there's, there's like a scene in it where the lady's like, the devil's a liar. You know, as, as they're like fighting these, these random ghosts and stuff like that. The devil is a liar is the first thing you need to speak to yourself. The devil is a liar. Now... Um, Larry can attest to this, and, and Pastor Kelly, and probably even Brad and Pastor Brad and Pastor Josh, they know that I'm really easy to jump scare. Like, like it, it's nothing for them to sneak up on me and just scare the absolute mess out of me. And my, my thing is, is I'll look at them and I'll be like, you need to wear a bell. You know, and, and here's why, is I always have my earbuds in, I'm listening to podcasts or music, I, I just like to kind of get in my own world, especially when I'm up here and, and sometimes I'm, I'm away from my kids and I can just kind of unplug for a minute. And so a lot of the times I don't hear them walk up or like Larry, he walks really quiet, so I never hear him walk up on me. He always scares me. And, and I was thinking, man, you need to wear a bell or I need something in my earbuds that's like a proximity warning, you know, that, that when somebody gets near me, it warns me because here's what, I, well, here's what I know. I wouldn't be so scared if I knew it was coming. If I had a warning or a sign that would light up and tell me that, hey, Larry's being sneaky. Larry's trying to scare you. And they're always like, I didn't mean to scare you. I'm, no, yes, you did. 
Don't, don't lie to me. I'm just kidding. I love you, Larry. He never, he's always like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. I'm like, well, then start stomping or start like, hey, you know, start ringing a bell, hitting a cowbell or something as you, as you walk up. And I started thinking, I'm like, I wonder if there's a scripture or, or something in scripture that would kind of serve as that warning sign for us. And it just so happens that there is. It's in John 8, 44. Jesus is talking to some religious leaders. And, and so like this first part of the scripture, it's not very encouraging because he, 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 well, just listen. he says, for you are the children of your father, the devil. Bow your head and close your eyes. Right? Right? You are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. But here, here's what I really want you to get, because that was, that was to the religious leaders and this religious spirit. But, but here's the meat and the principle. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because the truth is not in him. When he lies, listen to this church, it is consistent with his character. It is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The devil is a liar. We need to get this because if, if, if we don't get this, we will always be thrown off by him jumping into our lives because he doesn't have a, a warning bell. But the scriptures are there. The scriptures are saying that he is a liar. And I can tell you that if, if Satan's talking to you, if the devil's talking to you, he's perverting something. He's trying to do something. He's always meddling. And, and, and here's why. Because the devil knows the principles and he uses the principles of, of seed, time, and harvest. It's, a, it's the same thing that Jesus will use to bless you and, and set you free. It's the same thing that we teach about money. If you sow, you'll reap and, and stuff like that. But Satan understands this. And I believe sometimes Satan understands this better than we do right so he, he'll plant this little seed he'll come into to, to your mind and he'll plant this little seed or he'll plant this little thought he'll plant this one little offense he'll he'll plant this one little failure he'll remind you of that one time and then all of a sudden this one little thing becomes something that you have been speaking of yourself for years it's became something that's so ingrained in who you are, so ingrained in what you think about yourself and, and what you believe about yourself that it just becomes part of who you are. You know, and, and a lot of the times we even joke about this, like, oh, that's just how I am. <laughs> you know, that's just, and, and, and listen, you're already speaking to yourself. You're already telling yourself something. You're just reading a bad script. Amen? And so here, here's... Here's what I want to tell you. My, my, my kids teach me this. We need to adopt the mindset of opposite day. We need to adopt that mindset. Y'all know what opposite day is? You know, it's like, hey, Judah, it's time to go to bed. Huh? Opposite day, it's time to play the iPad. Or, you know, it's like I tell Lila, I'm like, lay down, let me change your diaper. And next thing I know, she's running off naked. And, and, and it's just weird because they do opposite of what we tell them to do. Opposite day. I know it doesn't seem deep, but it is because when the devil tells you that you can't, Jesus says that you can. Right. 
Jesus, Jesus says that you're free from the stuff that the devil's trying to keep you bound in. You have an enemy that, that knows what you have done, and, and, and he likes to plant those seeds. He likes to plant those things because if he can get a weed to sprout up in your life, then he knows that the good things are, are choked out. I've said this tonight already, actually, that Jesus has already given us a victory. Jesus, our, 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 our great defender, he, he's, he's given us the victory. The, the devil cannot take that away. The devil can't beat Jesus. The devil can't beat our authority. We have greater authority over the devil because of Jesus Christ in us, and he knows that. And so what he knows that he can do is keep you from being free in that authority and in that power. Let me show you this at work. In 1 Kings, we see the battle on Mount Carmel. Y'all probably heard this story before. Elijah, and he's up there, and he's praying, and all these other prophets are up there, and they're, they're praying, and, and the, the story goes that their God doesn't answer. The God that they're praying to never answers. And, and Elijah even mocks them and kind of makes fun of them. And then Elijah gets up there and he says this short little prayer. And God not only answers the prayer, but he answers it in such an amazing way that there is no denying it. There is no like, oh, that's just a fluke. Like, it is God answering the prayers. And so all the prophets of Baal and Asherah were, were killed. And, and this made Jezebel angry. And so she sends Elijah a message and she says, hey, in 24 hours, you're going to be just as dead as they are. You're going, I'm, listen, may, she even goes as far, may the gods deal with me if you're not. You know, she, she actually pronounces a curse on her and promising that he'll be dead. She plants a seed in Elijah that he allows to grow into fear and intimidation. And, and, and he runs for his life. He, he actually comes to a place where he asks God to kill him. <laughs> he, he, he says, God, take my life because he knows that it, 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 it would be better for God to do it than Jezebel. He knows that he, he doesn't want to live on the run. He doesn't want to live scared. He doesn't want to live looking over his shoulder. And he knows that it would be better if God did it. But did you know that there's two people that the Bible talks about that never died? Right? Elijah's one of them. So, so now you have Jezebel telling Elijah that he's going to be dead in 24 hours. And don't miss this. The very opposite happened. God instead says, no, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to raise him up. I'm going to speak to him. I'm going to strengthen him. I'm going to send him back. He's going to train up somebody that's going to have a double anointing. And then just to prove a point, he's not going to die. I'm going to come to heaven. I'm going to take him back in style. Right, And he's just saying, to, to basically what he's saying is he's saying the opposite's true. You're not going to die. Instead, I'm going to prove a point. And the devil is planting some seeds in your life. And listen, if the devil's planting some seeds in your life, can we give God praise because we can believe that the opposite is true? Amen. If, you're, if the devil's saying that you're not worth anything, that means that somebody needs you. 
right? If the devil says you're a failure, then that means that God has a plan for your life, that God has something he wants you to do. Come on, somebody. Here's one of my favorite. God's mad at you. But instead, oftentimes what we see is God's trying to show you his mercy and his grace in an intimate, personal way. But a lot of the times it's us running because we feel guilty because we've allowed a seed to come in to our life. The devil can't beat you. He just has to get you stuck. <laughs> He's just got to get you stuck. He, he can't beat you. He's just got to get you stuck. And the last thing that you need to say to yourself and band, if you'll go ahead and start preparing to come up, and we're going to spend some time in the altar tonight because, like I said, I, I just feel a burden for this. Here's, here's the second thing you need to start saying to yourself. My God is a promise keeper. My God is a promise keeper. And I want to show you one last time that the devil understands seeds and the devil understands how to plant seeds and how to, how to steal seeds. He understands how the, the workings and how the process of, of things work in your life. And we'll find that in Mark 4. Um, Jesus is telling parables. And, and uh, one of the parables, he actually... He actually comes and says that the let, let me let me back up for a minute. I want to tell you that that have you ever noticed that Sunday mornings seem a little bit crazier than most? Seem a little bit crazier. My kids are crazier than most. You know, a lot of the times that if something's going to happen between me and Rachel, it's going to happen on Sunday morning. If if something's going to happen with my kids, if I'm going to beat them, um, it's going to be on Sunday morning. Um, or how many of y'all know that getting here tonight on first Wednesday, you are a little bit more tired. Work went a little bit longer because the devil knows that you're going to come in here and that you're going to get some seeds and he's terrified of that. And so what he wants to do is he wants to keep you from getting that seed because if he can keep you from getting that seed, he can keep you from sprouting. If he can keep you from sprouting, he'll keep you from, from starting to grow fruit. And, and listen to this, church. If you don't bear fruit, then there's other people that are not going to be fed from the things that God's trying to do in your life. Right. Think about it like this. If, if the devil can starve you, he can starve your kids. If the devil can starve you, he can starve those that, that God's wanting to use you to influence. If, if he can starve you, he can starve your marriage. He can, he can starve your finances. All he's got to do is, is starve you. He's ultimately starving your effectiveness because he knows the power of the seed. And in Mark 4, it says, Satan came immediately, immediately to take the seed away because he knows he can't beat you. <laughs> he knows he's already defeated. So what he'll do is he'll take a little seed here and he'll plant a little seed there. And, and he knows that if it can succeed in this, that you'll take yourself out. And we'll look around at Christians and, man, they're just struggling everywhere. I'm seeing Christians fail and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing pastors commit suicide. I'm seeing, man, I'm seeing worship leaders struggling with depression. And, and, and I look at this and I wonder 
how many of them stop and think about it? Because I had to let this preach to myself. Because the temptation is to, to that a lot of the times, uh, at least for me, I don't know if it's like this with, with other pastors, but I know with at least for me, I get so focused on on getting up here and feeding you and, and what I'm going to say to you that, uh, that sometimes I don't, I don't stop to, to feed myself. You know what I mean? I, 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 I just keep going and I keep going and God's got to bring me back. And, and so he was preaching to me through this and he, he told me that the world is full of people who defeated themselves. Who defeated themselves because Satan immediately comes and takes the seed. You start giving and nothing changes in your life and the devil comes and says, see, that stuff don't work. That stuff don't work. It doesn't matter that it's worked for other people. It doesn't matter that people could tell you the testimony. It doesn't matter that it's actually already working in your life. But, but we stop to see the, the bad. We start to listen to the enemy, the lies. Um, something happens that Sunday that that God dealt with you so powerfully because if he can get you to forget what happened here, then he's taken that seed. That's what he's doing. He's taking that seed. He's coming at you because he's afraid what will sprout up in you. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes tonight. I'm just going to kind of make this a simple altar call and then we're going to spend some time in prayer I want us to start, not just tonight, but regularly. I want us to start declaring God's word over us, God's promises over us, because God is a promise keeper. And here's what I want to end with is, oftentimes Satan will come in and he'll plant his little seeds and he'll take ours and We'll notice it or somebody will bring it to our attention, but we never do anything about it. And, and here's why, church, because it's hard. <laughs> because we have to be honest with ourselves. We have to surrender. Sometimes it means that we have to be honest with other people. And can I just tell you, we don't want to do that. A lot of the times we don't want to be honest with ourselves. How many times have you found yourself, you know, God's dealing with you and you're just like, I'm not struggling with that. I'm not dealing with that. I'm not dealing. And, and it's because somewhere along the line, Satan has convinced you that the altar of surrender is not a safe place. And I want to tell you tonight, church, that it is. It is because we're praying to hear a clear word from God. We're, we're praying that he'll give us something we'll pray we're praying that he'll do something fresh in us but our heart is full of weeds it's full of briars that we know's there but we don't want to take the time to clear them out we don't want to take the time to let jesus clear them out we don't want to take the the pain that's going to come with being honest i had a pastor tell me he's like change happens when the pain of the change is less than the pain of remaining the same and I've never forgot that because I'm like, that's so true. Every time something has changed in my heart, it's because I finally was so tired of dealing with it that I would rather change than deal with it. The problem is, is we're like that. 
we hold on to that stuff. We, we make it part of, our, part of our life. We make it part of our scars and part of our story, and we wear it like a badge of honor. And meanwhile, Jesus is saying, hey, if you'll surrender all this, I've got healing. I've got power. I've got restoration. I'm your defender. I will plant something in you that nobody can snuff out. I will plant something in you that will change not only your life, but that your family your family tree, the history of your family. Some of us, we're, we're, we're seeing God do that now. We're seeing God change everything through us. Your family's going to be different. Your story's going to be different because of what you've let God do. We struggle with hurt. We struggle with addiction, bitterness. We struggle with old mindsets. Man, that's a big one. Old mindsets are spirit of religion, spirit of, uh, uh, of being bound. And I don't know why this is so heavy. I don't, I don't have somebody in mind. I don't have a face that God was like, preach this to them. I, I, don't, I don't have that. I just had a burden. And honestly, I believe that most people don't have a problem believing that God is a promise keeper. They have a problem recognizing that the devil's a liar. And that he's lying to them right now because his whole task is to get you stuck. And I believe that there's some people in here tonight that just need to have some old seeds pulled out, need to have some weeds dug out, need to have some stuff cleared out of their heart. And here, here's what I want. If that's you tonight, I just want you to look up at me. Maybe raise your hand at me so I know that responding Amen. we're gonna we got first Wednesday man it, it would be such a such a weird thing to not just spend some time in prayer that's something that's been a big focus in our church is, is praying. I know people have been meeting on Wednesday and they've been just coming in here and praying and surrounding this, self, uh, surrounding this place with prayer. And so what I want to do is I kind of want to do this in steps. At, at first, I just want us to come up and declare some promises of God over our lives. Just in your own words, man, we're going to have some worship going. We're going we're gonna to have the atmosphere here. The Holy Spirit's here. And I just want you to come and declare some stuff. And I want you to surrender some stuff. And I want you to be open to, to what God is wanting to weed out of your life. I don't want you to look at it as hard. I don't want you to look at it as, as being tough. I want you to look at it as you've already got the victory. And then we'll spend some time praying for the church and praying for people and praying for our, our pastors and our leadership here because, man, it just breaks my heart. And it, it seems like at least every six months or so, a, a, another pastor, uh, a, a pretty high up pastor is killing themselves. And, and it just breaks my heart because it all goes down to at some point they felt alone. They felt like they... They didn't have anybody that they could come and confess to. They didn't have anybody that they could come and tell that they need some help, that they need some prayer. And man, I can, I can just tell you, we need prayer. 
I can go ahead and set that, set that in front of you. We need prayer. We need, we need to be lifted up. And because and, a lot of the times we're, we're lifting you up and we're lifting our families up. And man, we can get so busy that a lot of times we don't lift ourselves up like we should. At least I don't. You know, I find myself praying and, and a lot of the times I find myself feeling, you know, like, hey, I know you're good. I know you'll take care of me. And so I need the prayer. I want the prayer. So that's what we're going to do tonight. Amen? So you could, you could stay at your seat.